Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. Uh, well, good morning. Uh, glad you guys are here. Uh, I don't know if you woke up yesterday in time to see the snow, because it, 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 it was kind of cool for like the hour and a half that it was here. Uh, and then... <laughs> And then it was gone. I mean, like, <laughs> my two older kids were mad that we didn't wake them up to see it. Because by the time they got up to see it, there was just residual effects. Um, and they're like, well, most of the times you get real angry when we wake you up. So we voted with just leaving you alone. Um, but it was fun. So, hey, we're continuing along in this series called Living Jesus is Greater. Um, the good news is for all of those that serve, um, you're going to have an opportunity to get a free T-shirt. Uh, we print shirts uh, almost every year, um, and we're going to have, I have a graphic that goes along with the, um, not this one specifically, but I have a graphic. We're going to be printing shirts, um, so in the next probably three weeks, um, if you serve here in any capacity, uh, you get a free shirt. Um, if you don't serve here in any capacity, volunteer, and you'll get a free shirt. Um, we're also potentially, um, or not potentially, we're also going to offer, uh, if those, I have a few people who's like, I want a hoodie. Um, we're going to sell the hoodies. Um, so they're only going to be the cost, which is around $25. Next week we'll have a sign-up once we figure out. I want to see the shirt that we're going to get, which will associate if you um, what colors of hoodies we can do. But um, love for you to jump in and get excited about that. And, again, if a free T-shirt gets you to volunteer at Reach Community Church, it is the best $10 we will ever spend. <clears throat> so over the last few weeks... Um, we've talked about living Jesus is greater. Uh, and I might spend the whole year just doing this week after week because I, I don't think we can ever get out of this idea and this kind of philosophy of the way we view Jesus and his being the greatest thing and how the universe should shape and mold what we do in our daily basis. And I think um, if you're like me, we need to be reminded of that over and over again. So here's what we've covered so far. Uh, spend the first week talking about studying God's word. Um, you cannot know that Jesus is greater without being in his word. Uh, and for those that started the one-year Bible or reading a, a reading plan um, since we started the beginning of the year, um, I'm, I've talked to several people who... Have just been invigorated by being in the Word and, and, and having this habit of doing it every day. And uh, as much as we're ending our 21 days of prayer and fasting, there's a lot of things that I would hope that you continue, which is being in the Word. Because honestly, uh, if you're not in the Word on a consistent basis, you won't live. Jesus is greater because it's the thing that kind of keeps that anchored in us. Um, we talked about surrendering. You can't live Jesus greater unless you're going to surrender one to his word and just to him and his Holy Spirit. Um, we talked about in week three, using our lives to build his kingdom, the parable of the talents that God's given us these things to put to use in his kingdom um, for his good. And, and we are going to be held accountable to what we do with those things. Um, last week, we talked about the idea of trusting God, even when he doesn't feel that he's greater. We talked about that through the life of Joseph, and he spent 20-some years um, not seeing what God put in his heart at 17 years old until much later in his life. And, and us, knowing that God is greater, knowing that God is good, knowing that God is sovereign, uh, we can have the capacity to make it in the middle. Um, and it 
shows up, like in our new little graphing on the UCD's arrows that we have, the reach up, uh, touch grace, reach in, experience grace, and reach out, give grace. It's the cycle that you're going to hear a lot over the next year because it's what we should be leaving. Living. I'm from the South. Living. Every now and again, my country accent comes out. Carthage, North Carolina. Uh, but this should be the cycle. We should be constantly, day in, day out, trying to touch grace in his word, through living it, bring that in and experience it here. And out of that experience, we should be giving it out. So I want to continue the conversation um, of living Jesus greater. But today I want to talk about what you do, what's in your wallet. I know. You're thinking reach wants more of your money. And to be completely honest, I'm going to jump off notes. I don't really care what you do with your money as far as it's associated to reach. Because I'm not going to live in this place that, you know, I, I, we, we value what you do here. But your money and what you do with it will determine your value of God. And whether it's investing in this church or some other ministry, like I'm, I'm great with. I'm going to appeal that some of it comes here, but... At the end of the day, um, God wants you, all of you, which a big part of us, especially living in this consumer world of the USA, uh, money um, can very easily and possessions become an idol to us. The truth is, reach exists and continues uh, our mission because of your generosity. Uh, And believe it or not, over the last uh, two years of COVID, um, the church has done fine. I mean, we, it's been a, a blessing to see the giving remain, even though the this whatever you want to call the last two years. Um, and we're, we're grateful for that. And we place uh, we hope to be a place that you feel comfortable to give. Uh, but the point this morning is not to guilt you into giving more to reach. The point this morning is that as a di- disciple who chooses to live, Jesus is greater. What you do with your money, how you view it is shaping who you are. Jesus talks about money a lot. It's in a lot of his parables. Um, I read one statistic, 15% of things that Jesus talks about is related to or surrounded by money. If Jesus is going to use some of his limited time to talk about it, we need to be listening. So my one thing that I want you to hear today is living Jesus is greater means investing in the right kingdom. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that um, we aren't left to assume what you think about lots of things. And Lord, I I pray that we would see what you say. And Lord, we, we would let it affect us. Lord, we would transform our life because in transforming our life, we become more like you. Lord, you gave everything. And Lord, I pray that we would, be, we would be people who see our lives as yours. And we would, all of our resources, not just a percentage, all of our resources would be available to you to do what you will. Whether it be our possessions that we have now, what's in our bank account, what's in our, the time equity that we have. Lord, we, we just surrender those things to you that we would invest in the right kingdom. So Lord, give us eyes to see and hearts to receive. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to go into uh, Matthew 6. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, I always encourage you to, you know, kind of read through them as we're going. The, it's also going to be on the screen behind us. 
So Matthew 6, starting in verse 19, says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I've heard this, and because I think possessions and money can really uh, be a big idol in our life. And I've heard another pastor say this, that if you want to find out what your idols are, let people start messing with things in your life. And when you get angry because they're touching or taking or whatever, it probably is something that you have way too much ownership in. Not that we should just freely just give away everything and let people like, no problem, doors open at my house, come in and take what you like. But... We got to make sure that we're investing the right thing because we're we're in this. The reality is, is this is this world, this life is a breath. It's a moment, and we're banking, at least here for what we're teaching and preaching. We're banking that life connected to Jesus means eternity with Him, breath. And so the problem is, and I said this a couple of maybe a month or two ago, is that we need to make sure that we're not trying to make heaven now. We need to make sure that we're not banking that this is the only thing that we have to hope for, that we're banking on something else. And we want to invest in eternity and not just now. And we, like everyone else, me included, I'm telling you what, I mean, if we have an Amazon's Anonymous group, like maybe that's what gets started today. I mean, uh, there's a joy that passes a little bit much when a box shows up on my house. I'm just going to tell you. So like, this isn't me like, hey, I've got it all figured out, people, get your lives in order. This is a constant reminder but that things will never make you happy. Things will never satisfy you. You will never open the right box. You'll never get the right car. You'll never get the right house that's going to finally fix it. There's not a number that will sit in your bank account or in your retirement that will make your life easier. It will seem that way, and there's a story that I'm not even going to get into today where God basically confronts someone that has a, a bumper year and he stores up all this stuff and he ends up dying. And it's like, you know, because the reality is that sometimes we're investing in our now and we forget about our tomorrow. So what do you treasure most? Where is your heart? 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Our view changes our reality. How we see things, which is why we want to be in the Word, why we want to live this life of surrender, why we want to understand that God is holding us accountable to the things that He's placed in our uh, hands to do and to fulfill in His purpose But how we see things matter and how we see money and how we see things will and is shaping our life. Verse 24, it says, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You just can't. I mean, if you're going to bow down to one and worship it, you cannot worship the other. 
And if you're going to bow down and worship to the creator who exists, who created all things, gave us breath in our lungs, we cannot worship a thing of his creation in the same category as him. We have to change our view of what money is. 25, it says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body or what you'll put on is not life more than food. And the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you by being anxious? I'm telling you, some of us in this room need to memorize this section. Which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither spin nor toil. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, there, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat and what shall we Drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Here's a great one for you, if you haven't memorized this one already. Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, our problem is we spend all of our effort chasing after the one, wanting those things, and God's saying, hey, focus on me. Now, what he's not saying is go sit in your house and do nothing. Like, well, you know, God said he'll provide, he loves me, I'm just going to sit here and wait for him to, you know, for the Uber Eats to deliver my food when I don't order it and all these other things. No, but it's the view of what you're doing. If you haven't realized this yet, your job doesn't make you happy. If it does, share with us how we can figure out to make our jobs make us happy. But our view of it changes that. But if we seek first him, and this is why we started with the word, if we seek him and his kingdom, he's going to change our view of things. Which the reality is that we spend way too much thinking about what we're going to wear, what we're going to eat, what we're going to have in our future. And it becomes a priority to us. And we end up being so stressed about things. And I'm just going to, let's be completely honest. Most of our stress we've created. Because we, it's like, I got to have this. I got to have that. And we, we put ourselves in debt. And we put ourselves in this mindset that I've got to work more. I've got to make more money to pay off these things. But what we do in the future is we do the same thing over and over again. We spend more thinking, oh, this one more thing, this one more thing. And we create this cycle for those who've ever taken financial peace. If you're not naming the dollar... Like, it's just going to go somewhere. And I, I'm telling you, um, my, I, get, I get paid once a month, uh, so it makes budget real fun, which means we have to live in this little bubble of stuff. So we just did our budget yesterday. It is one of the most exciting times in our house. Like, we, we hold hands, 
and sing the praise of the Lord. And we never fight over what was spent and what wasn't spent and where this is and that. It's just, it's just peace settles over the house. That's not true. I'm just grateful we only had to do it once a month. But as much as I'm being funny about that, we do have a budget. And we do have, I don't know, 30-some line items that money goes in because we're going to think through uh, our life. And sometimes even with all that provision and protection and, and planning ahead, life happens. Uh, our washer and dryer died the other day. Washers and dryers are pretty expensive. So we got a brand new washer and dryer in our house. Praise the Lord. Um, and things just happen. So in part of it is, is, hey, God's still in control. God's still good. But we want to make sure that we're, we're fitting our life into his world and fitting our focus in his kingdom so that we're not chasing after these things that are going to put us in a position that we chase after more things. Verse 34, it says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient. <laughs> Amen. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Today is enough. If we had a switch that I could, if I could give you a little pill on the way out of here that you didn't think about tomorrow, like the anxiety of what tomorrow is going to bring that you could just take and like our lives would be easier. And this is what God's calling to. If we'll focus on him, if we'll seek his kingdom first, if we'll invest our life into his pattern, then our anxiety will go because we'll know we're trusting in him. And I would just say after 20, almost 24 years of marriage, there's been seasons of desperation financially. And you want, you want me to just be completely honest? God has rescued us out of every single one of them. Every moment where I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do this. Every, whether it be school or braces or broken down, in which we've had lots of broken down cars. Not on top of our washer and dryer. A daughter's car uh, costs another $400 for something to fix. There's just, it just happens. But you know what? God, in his mercy, is always good to us. And I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I think God's always been good to me because I have, out of the first of what we get paid, I give back to him. Like, I, if I'm going to expect our church to believe in this church... 10% of what I make in all my little circles goes back here. And you'd be like, well, you're, no. I believe in what's going on here. And if I don't lead that way, and I, I, I truly believe that God has protected us, not made it easy, not made it like, like everything goes smoothly, but in the end, God always rescues and redeems. He's always been there. And I truly believe the faithfulness that God has been. We have... This church in the nine years of existence has never gone in the red. We've not had an extreme amount of money, but we've always had enough to do what God's going to do. And I believe part of that is our faithfulness to go, God, we're going to trust you. I remember early on, and, and I don't talk about, if you've been here for years, you know, I don't talk about money a lot. Part of it is I have a hard time because I know that what you give blesses me. And I have a hard time sometimes of feeling like, well, maybe they'll think he just wants, I, you know. I've intentionally, we, we don't pass a plate and have never and don't intend to. And there's a little box over there and we talk about giving because it's important. But like, I'm not going to shame any of you. Because <laughs> God wants cheerful 
givers. He wants people that go, I want to invest in the right things. This is a different perspective. What are you seeking first? What is the thing that you're driving towards? Look at this in Luke 12, um, verse 15. It says, and he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetedness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. This comes out of the rich fool parable. After the one, the collapse and, and he, he built all these big barns and he finally has enough that he feels like I can rest. And he, his life was over and all of that was for nothing. And he's saying, you know, guard against this because it's there. If you live in this world and you turn on a TV and you have internet, I, anyway, okay, let me just say, there's things in your house that are listening to you. Because if you've ever been on the computer after you talked about something in it, add for it. Like, I'm just saying. Like, these, it's, they're getting better. Like, I feel like sometimes I text something to somebody. It's like, hey, hey, you should look at blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh. I'm not a huge fan of those little talking thing. I'm not even a huge fan of that lady that's in your phone um, or that device that's in your house. Like, they scare me. Okay. But it's targeted. It's there. Like, it's, it's going on. So, um, I want to talk about a few things. Uh, I've got a few more scriptures here, and then I'm going to get into some application that I, I want out of this. But when we live, Jesus is greater, we change. There's no, like, you cannot say Jesus is greater and your life look like it did before you met Jesus. Yeah. Something is horribly wrong. And I have a few examples here in three different sections of scripture um, that I think shows that you know, pre-Jesus to post-Jesus, it changes how you view specifically because we're talking about it, money. So Ephesians 4, 28. It says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work for his own hands. And listen to this. I think this is transformative. He didn't say, let the thief stop stealing and work so he can provide for himself. Listen to what it says. So that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Like that's what the gospel does to us. It didn't just change us from being a thief to a a producer. It changes us from being a thief to a provider. It radically changes our view. Because before he was one thing and not that he just becomes a better it, I mean, it's, it's across, it's to the other side. So he didn't just provide for himself. He's doing this for other people. Uh, Luke 19, verse 8, it says, And Zacchaeus, which Zacchaeus, for those that up in the tree still remember the songs. I'm not going to try to sing it. Or in the flannel board. Zacchaeus stood and said, he, Jesus comes to his house. This, what the, they would view as a wicked person. And this is what he says, just being in the presence of Jesus. It says, behold, Lord, half of all my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. His salvation doesn't come because of what he gave. It was seen by his transformation. Because even in this system that they lived in, this exceeded what was required. If you defrauded somebody, I think it was one-fifth. It was like it was a smaller percentage. And he's, he's saying, hey, fourfold. 
If I've wronged somebody, if I've taken something, in, in their world, it was a smaller percentage than what he's saying because his life was transformed because of his encounter with Jesus. Verse uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he covered it up. Then, in his joy, goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. To have this thing. And it's, it's the, the next one right after that is the pearl of great price. That, that they find this thing and they finally see that everything else they had is of no value compared to the kingdom. That they were willing, just like this guy, to sell all that he had in his joy. He goes and gets rid of everything for this treasure. Because he sees the value. What in your life needs to be surrendered so that you can live, Jesus is greater. Here's one probably a little harder. And an exercise that a financial piece has you do. And they have you record every single, like I think it's 10 days or 7 days. They have you record every single thing you buy. Because when, when you're just swiping, you don't kind of really think about it. And if you see like how much money is going out, it, it changes. But what does your wallet communi- communicate about Jesus being greater. Where does your bank statement show your treasure is? Now hear me, all of these, all of you sitting in this room. What you give will never earn you a place in heaven. If, if your story is that you're going to stand before a just God. And he asks, why should you be? Allowed to enter into my joy, enter into paradise, enter into my place. If any part of your story starts with I have done or I have given or I have served. Something's wrong. The only entry fee is I've surrendered and I have made Jesus greater by my life. Because then what you give and what you do and how you serve is an outflow of what Jesus is to you. That's why you do any of the things that you do. Tithe, uh, reach tithes off our tithe. Uh, last year in February, we gave away a little over $20,000 to local ministries um, here in North Carolina and here locally, literally ministries and uh, mission places that are serving the poor to um, addicts to uh, mana ministries. I mean, I think there was about 10 different ministries that we gave to. Um, in February, we're doing the same thing again. We'll give away out of our pocket because we, we want to say, hey, what you give us, we're going to bless. Because we, we believe, and this is, I'm, I'm being completely honest. I want you to give to the kingdom. <laughs> And I would love some of it to come here, but I'm more concerned that you get the idea that you're investing in the right place. And so we as a church want to demonstrate that. And so after this is decided in a couple weeks, I'll come in here and tell you literally every ministry that we've given. We have an elders meeting on the 8th of February, and we'll decide all of those uh, then. Because we want to be faithful to what God's done here. And God has blessed us. And we want to bless these other ministries. It is great at the end of the year getting letters 
from people that got money last year. I mean, one going, hey, we'd love for you to give us money this year. Uh, but the truth is, from as far as Utah to right here in our um, neighborhood, we blessed places that are serving our community. I think sometimes you might miss that, so I want you to know that. So I'm going to invite our worship team back up, and I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to take a serious look at your finances. Now, some of you honestly need to fix some of the issues in how you spend money so that you can even get into a place that you can give. And some of it is just acknowledging that. My wife and I, we've been married 24 years, and probably the first 10 years we lived kind of like, we'll get by. And we did, and God was faithful, but we didn't have any budget, and our life is stressful as our one-day budget is now kind of lived in this world and we made a decision probably 14 years ago that we're, we're not going to live in that world anymore and we're going to start a budget and that's going to change how we're going to operate on our day-to-day lives and it is radically changes i'd love to say we never overspend i'd love to say that we always prayerfully consider everything that we you know every dime that goes out we try to <laughs> um but every month when we do our budget we realize that you know Maybe we should have been a little better. And this is what I want for you. I want you to say, um, if, if, if you want Jesus to be greater, you've got you've to address your finances. If, if you view it as your rescue and redeemer, if you're looking at it for your salvation and your happiness, something's got to change because you can only serve one master. And so my heart for you today, my homework for you this week is to just sit down if you're married with your spouse, if you're by yourself, um, then sit down with a notebook and just look through your expenses and like, what am I doing with this? Do, what, how can I um, communicate with how I spend my money of how much I love Jesus? And that may mean investing here. That may be investing. There's so many good places around here that are loving on people. Maybe you have a heart for something. I'm telling you, when you start investing your financial treasure, it'll change where your heart is. I heard a missionary talk about that one time. They were talking to somebody, and they were like, oh, I just don't have a heart for foreign missions. And um, the person challenged them, then start putting some of your money there. And over the next year, it radically changed the way they viewed it because some of their treasure was going in it. And when they start investing in it, they start thinking about it. They start praying for them more because it's like this thing. And then when they get reports of what this ministry is doing and where they're succeeding at and where God's showing up at, they can be like, look at, look at what my investment's doing. Because the truth is, and I've said this a lot. Um, whatever you acquire in this world is going to go to someone else. Probably, if it's tried and true, it's going to be fought over by other people. But what we invest in the kingdom, what we invest in what lasts forever, lasts. So our our 21 days of prayer and fasting, if you've been doing a certain thing, I just want to challenge you. Um, If your life's been different, being in the Word more, if you just feel, man, 
Um, I don't know if worship's felt more during this. I've had so many conversations where they've just seen God moving. I encourage you, like, don't let this 21 days of prayer and fasting where you're like, man, that was good, be put aside. And I've said this already. There's things going forward. Instagram's not going back on my phone. Some of these distractors that I just allowed there before, I'm just saying no to. And I'm going to intentionally spend more time reading at night. And, and I just encourage you, if something's working now, if you're like, man, it's good, the best thing that you can do right now moving forward is continue to do that thing that's working. Let's pray. Dearly Father, uh, Lord, I, I just pray that you would remove all condemnation from this room. Your word says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would be filled with hope of the potential of what we can do as we review the way we view our money. And as we begin to change things in us so that we can communicate not just in what we read and and how we surrender and what we do with our time, but Lord, what we do with our money, Lord, that we can communicate to you that you're worth the investment. So, Lord, I just pray today, Lord, we would be filled with joy and awe of what you have in store for those that are willing just to surrender. Lord, I pray that we could humbly present ourselves to you on a daily basis, saying we're we're your willing servants. Where do you want us to move today? Where do you want us to go today? What do you want us to do today? What do you want us to invest in? And so, Lord, I pray that you would shape the way we do budgets. I pray that you would shape the way we spend money. Lord, I pray that you would shape the value of the two kingdoms that we're fighting with. The earth and the now and the eternity. Lord, I pray that you would help us see the value of putting our heart in all places to you, Lord, help us seek first the kingdom and your righteousness. And help us trust that all these things that we do need, that you would help us. Lord, we just pray that your grace and your mercy would succeed in capturing us more today and more tomorrow. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.